name is Christina, and thank you for checking into the Humphrey Widow Seas. This is a podcast where our friends and I talk about our original characters, the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. And today, our guest is my friend Janine. Welcome back! Doing jazz hands. Thank you. Also doing jazz hands. (laughs) You have to let everybody know because it's an audio medium. Oh, yeah. Making making jazz hands in a microphone doesn't actually make noise, sadly. I mean, unless I put on a lot of bracelets, then it might. It might. I mean, like, I've really tried, like, really hard, and I haven't been able to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, if we did, like, snapping, that would be one thing. But this isn't a poetry slam, and also that'd be very bad audio. It would. It would. I'm just going to go ahead and, like, give some context here for the episode. Um, We're recording this on november 7th so if both of us are a little bit kind of slap happy yippee yippee well then you know why (laughs) yeah i mean uh, well you know um if you're a historian or have been alive at this point (laughs) which you're either one of the two you, yes. you are either listening to this as it's coming out because you like the podcast and want to hear more about this character or because you're a historian and you found this um, 80 years in the future and want to know exactly the kind of climate everything was during, I guess, November 7th. But yeah, uh, yeah. it's pretty wild. <coughs> mm-hmm. It is indeed extremely wild and we're both just very happy to be here. So, we're happy to still be here. Yes, 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 yes. Um, not that that would have changed if the results were any different. It's just that um, it it's a lot easier to um, exist as a person who has concerns a- about uh, vulnerable people in a time like this. That is very, very true, Janine. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> That's, I guess, the the preliminary current events message of the show. Yeah, that's it's it's definitely coloring like the the the, the vibe of just like you know just yeah yeah it's a I lot of speechlessness, a lot of just like just exuberance. Yes, a lot of relief. But anyway, if you want to listen to a current events podcast, I'm sure that there are probably hundreds of thousands of them at this point that would be more than happy to talk to you about the events that have been going on over the last couple of days. <laughs> but we're not that podcast. What we are here to talk about is OCs and specifically Janine's. So who are we talking about today? Well, we are going to be talking today about Mikey, a character that I have made recently for the podcast Established Property Playhouse. Mm-hmm. And um, this particular character is a um, an Alolan Pokemon trainer inside of a Pokemon world we're playing in using the Dungeons and Dragons Fifth uh, Edition rule set. Interesting. Okay. For that, yeah. Okay. So, where would you like to start with Mikey? Would you like to start with how you came up with him as a concept, or his like in fiction biography? Um, I think it's probably better coming up as a concept, uh, mm-hmm. because the, the rough comps, the rough concept for Mikey actually came, um, last year, roughly on my birthday, actually. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Um, so that was November 28th, 2019, just roughly right around there to be exact. I just remembered that, <laughs> like, I came up with the name on that day and, like about 80% of the concept it was okay just after our game master luke had approached us and said um hey i want to do a, a new actual play because uh luke had just ended um a long running actual play series called um the exiles oh um, okay okay so um, with that all wrapped up, this new project was going to kind of be like a a Pokemon adventure. And we were seeing like 
just kind of like um a different take starting off in johto and there's going mm-hmm. to be like a lot of different game options ar- around and um it really just came to me that if i was going to play a game like this i wanted to play somebody who had um definitely um looked uh, closer to me in skin tone but then i just thought to myself it would just really be a lot much more interesting to try to go through everything as an outsider uh, so i thought um playing as an alolan mm-hmm. uh, an alolan and johto yeah going through johto okay. um that kind of culture shock it would kind of just be the opposite story than what we would see inside of uh what we've known inside of um pokemon sun and moon as we mm-hmm. were a cantonian going to the alolan region for the first time mm-hmm. i kind of wanted to play like a little bit like a, a reverse of that yeah i'm totally down for that especially because i feel like up until the the recent games there hasn't been much kind of like interaction between other continents within the pokemon world like, I know this has probably been a thing for a while in the anime, but, like, it hasn't been a thing until recently in the video games, which is personally what I am more involved and up-to-date with. Yeah, um, I, I really agree with you there. Um, I mean, I could note that the current Pokemon anime has really been doing that a lot, mm-hmm. uh, just mm-hmm. globetrotting, and I think that the new games have been doing that a lot, and I think it's definitely something, you know, I it's worth exploring, this idea mm-hmm. of a Pokemon world where, you know, all of these cultures, all of these people that mirror somewhat our worlds all exist so that we all can be able to see ourselves inside of this world. Yeah, that's very true. So then with with Mikey being from Alola, what what made you pick Alola aside or was it mostly the whole kind of cross-continental exchange thing? Um it was very much started off as that, but um it quickly mm-hmm. kind of went into um my appreciation for how the the um the Lolan culture was kind of showcased but kind of like in a bystander kind of view i didn't want to play towards like just being an Lolan character that would just fill in the gaps with just like random hawaiian culture so i just mm-hmm. did what i could to show the differences and comments on them when it is different, just so that um, mm-hmm. being introduced to new concepts, here is Mikey coming from a region that does not have a Pokemon League in this current time frame, mm-hmm. um, going into uh, Johto to join the uh, Pokemon League uh, challenge. So... Here's yeah. somebody who's like, everybody like grew up knowing it. And here is somebody who's just coming, just new, who knows nothing about it and is like learning it for the first time. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, it's just the examples of showing the differences between that. I haven't come across, um, a Cantonian, uh, Pokemon version that would be different than the Alolan version that I would know. <laughs> I've been keeping an eye out for that because I've just like definitely wanted to just kind of like do a comparison that like they don't look like that where I'm from, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. Like, in exa- like, I think it'll be a while if yeah. I'm just going around the regular routes to ever come across an executor inside of Johto. Yeah. But if, But if I do... You, you can bet Mikey's gonna <laughs> point out a couple of things, but, um... They're so short! Yeah. And so much more rounder. <laughs> oh. But, you know, it's it's kind of hard to be able to respectfully play something that does have that kind of culture that is kind of, um playing as a mirror to uh, an actual culture other people have Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. without, you know, 
with everything that's given. I mean, basically, I'm playing off of a lot of ideas that kind of come from... Let me just say that... Yeah. Um, how I'm handling it and how the rule set is handling it for this uh, this game it are very different. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Is that something that you want to talk a little bit more about? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, go for it then. We are, um, you know, inside of the podcast ourselves looking at trying to look at different settings because uh, there is one small aspect, one small complaint that I want to bring up. And it's, mm-hmm. I don't think it was done out of maliciousness. I think it's just something that is inherent in a lot of um, tabletop role-playing game design. Okay. And that is that there is an optional rule set involved in this that we did use that it wasn't until a couple of inso- episodes in that we did realize it was a little bit uncomfortable. And that is that... Um, Choosing a region is synonymous to choosing a race, and every kind of place has a racial ability tied into it. And you know, it's like, yeah, like when you're talking about humanoid people and then dividing them into different kind of abilities that they would get based on their races, not good. It's not super great. And what was... What really made this kind of worse was that um, the Alolan one in particular. Uh, Uh-oh. Yes. They have, because they come from a more, um, I guess, nature-loving and native population, they have a special spiritual connection that they can get with their Pokemon. Which, um, yes, I can, I can understand the appreciation and the understanding that, you know, where that could kind of come from, but yeah, it definitely plays into a very large stereotypes about, uh, native Islanders and, mm-hmm. um, indigenous people of a lot of different cultures in the a very native person. Yeah. In a very negative way, just like that inside that trope. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, yeah. it's not something that I want to explore and it's it's definitely a reason why i wanted to make sure that i didn't interject like filler hawaiian stuff in Mm -hmm. in order to play this character and try to play them as close to the um information and context given to us of a lowland people so i'm not trying Mm -hmm. to play a you know depiction of a tourist idealization of a hawaiian or you know pacific islander person would be Mm -hmm. yeah playing someone but playing a character from a certain setting in society and culture as accurately as possible as opposed to like you said just playing like a cutout version right and um that's definitely something i want to cut out like i just want to put out there off the bat because uh, mm-hmm. recently these kind of ideas inside of tabletop design have been spoken about and how much it's seeped inside of Dungeons and Dragons. So even playing inside the system, you're kind of playing inside a system that has that and those ideas of race mm-hmm. and racial differences and, um, how if in one way it can be seen as like maybe justifiable if these are like different kinds of monster species it kind of also does have a lot of illusions and a lot of different cultures from like of all of these different monster people are just Mm -hmm. a lot of reworks just like the alolans of existing cultures that are uh, you know in the world today So, out of curiosity then, since you said this is something that you and your fellow players and the GM have all kind of run across, then what is, is, is this something that y'all are like trying to adapt to and maybe like adapt out within the system? Or are you just kind of like 
we are disregarding the weird region-based, heavy air quotes here, racial bonuses. Um, we definitely have uh, a couple of characters that do kind of utilize some advantages of it. Uh, mm -hmm. It's something that I, as a player, kind of like ignore completely and or I'm not really seeing anything about like replacing it. Um, yeah. But it's it's something that we're currently right now trying to work around to make differences in the system, if not replace the system entirely so that we can be able to have something that feels more like anyone can play it and it mm -hmm. won't have any other kind of, you know, connotations. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. The way that I have played my character through dice rolls and through characterization is actually not quite perfect as to what the perfect Alolan character might be presented as, mm -hmm. um, given the um, racial trait that they were given. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which moves me into a much more better position. It's when talking about. <laughs> Uh, who is Mikey as a person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get into that. Um, Mikey, like the others, um, is vaguely just over 10 years old, starting a Pokemon journey. Mm -hmm. uh, and is starting fresh, coming from Alola, away from family and everyone that Mikey ever knew in order to um, try for greatness. <laughs> Now, before before we get into like Mikey's journey, did he bring a starter Pokemon with him from Alola, or is he starting one hundred percent blank slate in Johto? Um, it's kind of both. Uh, Mikey has one okay. Pokemon that Mikey does actually has not used before at the very start of a Vanillite. Interesting. Um, okay. Yes. I was thinking about a good number of things uh, when it came to the starter mm -hmm. Pokemon, uh, because I love Pokemon a lot. <laughs> I had no idea. Um, I don't think I said so up on the start of the uh, podcast, and I'll probably mention a little bit more about it, but I do talk about Pokemon quite a bit, and uh, that's why I thought a lot about the next choice because if I was going to be playing with a Pokemon, I wanted the one that I started with to be one that I wanted to love myself and I wanted everybody else to kind of like spend some more time with and maybe get another chance to get to know them. So I chose Vanillite because Vanillite was one of the first ones um, in Generation 5 that started off along the lines of like claims that these designs for Pokemon were unoriginal and unexciting. <laughs> uh, yep. Um, it kind of kept on going and it's still kind of ongoing, but um, people just keep on talking about a dumb ice cream. And I just think that this little ice cream is cute and not dumb. And I just wanted to have this one to have another chance. Um, no, I totally get that. It's it's the principle of everything that exists is someone's favorite thing. And like... And also, Pokemon designs are extremely subjective. So if you don't like one, that's fine. No one's making you use, I don't know, a spoink in your team. It's it's that it's that one quote from like Karen or the whoever the dark type leader elite four is just like use the Pokemon that you think are cool. Yeah. So does does Mikey think that Vanillite is cool? Well, uh that brings Ice type me pun. Up, that brings <laughs> me up to the second part of Mikey. Uh the the, the other reason, the in character reason why Mikey has a vanillite. Mm -hmm. Um it it was a throwaway line that I just, like, thought up on the spot. And it just kind of, like... It comically stood in the moment, but it also kind of showed me a little bit, kind of. It, it's... Mm -hmm. um, Mikey explains that 
um, he got his vanillite from um, an ice cream eating competition. Okay. Yes. Um, so not by regular means. Mikey did not catch the vanillite. It was a prize given to him. It wasn't one that was chosen out. Yeah, the the I I reacted that way because for listeners who are maybe not familiar with vanillite, it is literally an ice cream cone Pokemon. It is a sentient ice cream cone, and I hope that Vanillite was okay with Mikey having won an ice cream competition. I think it kind of colors their um, relationship. Um, Okay, interesting. Which brings me on to how I've characterized Mikey, or at least um, how I really found the character. Uh, A lot of it was just making up, but um, moving through the different... Uh, scenarios, the different dice rolls, uh, kind of really showed me who Mikey was as a person. And who yeah. Mikey is, is not very good or confident at Pokemon battling. Ooh. Is this a campaign that is focused on battling? Ah, uh, yes, yes, it is. Interesting. Okay, okay. And uh, that's that's one thing that I've really stuck on the character that I've really liked about it is that this character, um, I am going to spoil uh, a couple of aspects on the first episode, but the first episode is available in uh, most places you can be able to get your podcasts, including Spotify. That's where I've found it myself. Ooh, nice. Um, but um, my character does cry in the first episode because they just um, are a little bit frustrated and are going through kind of a very bad time when it comes to battling. Aww. But it, it, it accidentally informed a couple of things about the character, and that was um, the lack of confidence but the desire to want to be better and mm-hmm. how much, even if Mikey doesn't say so outright, uh, how much Mikey is leaning on the other two compatriots, uh, mm-hmm. Lem and Kaz, for uh, for support. Okay, okay. So I definitely wanted to have that. I won't say where the journey's going so far inside of the campaign, but <laughs> what I will say is that uh, sometimes it's good to see somebody be bad when they start. Yeah, exactly. Because that's... <sighs> this is going to be me dragging probably a significant portion of creative works. Is that like... You can't, or not you can't necessarily, but a lot of times having a character start out as being very unskilled or even bad at doing something and then getting to kind of show their growth by helping them to be better at doing this thing that's so important to them is like a really good and fulfilling character story or character arc. Y'all know what I meant. <laughs> yeah. They at least they better because that's that's what I'm attempting here. And mm-hmm. I say attempting because we're still recording and we have uh quite oh, yeah. a few plans, you know, left to go. But um it's it's interesting because how we record the podcast and how we uh, come mm-hmm. up with everything and organize everything and even play everything, it does feel like a play. Yeah. And um, how episodes are structured, kind of, if if you listen to it and you kind of like see the imagery and iconography that we have, you, you'd understand that yeah, we kind of are going for that. And I think that's kind of why I've liked this character so much is because it's... Uh, in between space between a concept that I've thought out 
but also the improv and the shared story beats that I have. Okay, with, okay. Know, so everything that's kind of like being told, even different character choices and the things that happen, um, mm-hmm. it's it's all decided upon by um, just everybody involved. Me, the DM, and the other two players. And it's it's amazing to kind of like have a concept have an idea and then like see it forming um (laughs) you know with other people helping it form it's Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. collaboration oh yeah collaboration is very good i was i was trying to think of a way to just be like "Mm, that you know like that long string of emojis but i couldn't figure out how to articulate that. <laughs> I mean, I think I kind of felt the same way. I think I might have repeated myself a couple of times trying to explain the word when I just had to just say collaboration. <laughs> That's the word I was looking for. <sighs> so we've talked about the characterization. Yeah. We've talked about um, how I've I've come up with the character what mm-hmm. I really want to talk about uh, so far is the Pokemon. Yes. Now, I will let everybody know that some of these are going to be a little spoilery, but um, there's not a lot of huge story beats to it. Uh, the Pokemon we catch aren't really like big spoilers to what we do in the story. So, mm-hmm. um but still, they're, they're fun to talk about. Uh, yeah. Number one we should talk about is Flurry. Okay. Flurry is the Vanillite. Aww, that's what I thought. That's a very cute nickname. Now, with Flurry, I have chosen the clumsy nature. Okay, okay. And with that, we've had a little bit of fun with that when natural ones are, uh, when natural ones do come up. Mm-hmm. So we kind of like add the clumsiness aspect into it. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I won't spoil that, but I will say that that is one uh, aspect of this Pokemon that I do love so much. I have a very important question about Flurry. What's that? What flavor are they? Uh, I'm, they're just probably just like regular vanilla. Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't think I went too crazy up on that one. But now that I think about it, I might do something when they evolve then. Ooh. Now the next one that I do catch. Um, yeah. Ins- yeah, yeah. Inside the first episode, I must add. Um, actually, I don't even think I catch this one. No, I don't. But you get to learn. I have a Totodile. Or rather, Baby. Mikey has a Totodial, uh, because you can't just go walking around the Johto region without having one of the Johto starters. <laughs> oh, the, I, I'm very glad that Mikey has a starter. Totodile is great. And I have named this Totodile Crunch. Ooh, that's a solid Ultra Ball right there, Janine. Oh, thank you. I I really did like that uh that name. I've I've used it a couple of times on mm-hmm. um other bitey Pokemon, but I think uh something with such a big happy smile like this should crunch fits pretty well. Yeah, I totally agree. Now the next one that I did catch a few episodes later is Murkrow, which I did name Bandit. I think Bandit's really a cute name for like a lot of dark type Pokemon because a lot of them kind of do have that mischievous kind of like sneaky take stuff kind of stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Especially because Murkrows are based on, you know, Corvids, which do tend to steal things sometimes. (laughs) Yes, they do. Um, I, I know quite a bit about that i've i've um taken up to following different um 
Crow and Raven pet owner accounts on Twitter. Yeah. Did you know that the Raven Master in um in London in London uh, they have a Twitter account there. I did not. Where uh, they'll show off the the Queen's Corvids. Nice, nice. I'm gonna have to go and look them up after we get off this recording because that sounds very interesting. It's very interesting and and very lighthearted too. So it's it's it. I mean, stuff's better now. But if you also if if it starts getting like a little bit stressful and you want a break, uh, definitely mm-hmm. check them out. Yeah. Now, just out of curiosity, since corvids in general are a relatively, I'm going to say cunning, if not necessarily intelligent bird, does that apply to bandit? Now, bandit, that one, you're going to have to listen (laughs) to the episode. Um, Ah, okay, okay. I think it's the next one that's going to be due to come out. So, uh, you know, probably like a little bit around when this gets released you might be able to listen to it but Mm -hmm. um yeah there's there's quite a lot that happens in that one that i think um really inform bandit and a few stuff that happens afterwards about the the relationship between mikey and bandit Mm -hmm. and that's also like another thing i've really liked is that i've been able to explore and had time to explore the relationship between this character and the Pokemon that they have. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes Dice can be able to show that. I will I will <laughs> say, um, I don't have an explanation for this, so I don't know how it's a spoiler. But right now with Bandit, uh, Mikey has a negative one loyalty. Ooh, interesting. So, yeah, that's a thing. okay okay and um i think this brings me to the last pokemon that mikey has caught so far that i have not named yet but uh i mean if you have a suggestion i definitely will take it Mm -hmm. a hoot hoot Ooh. Hmm. now are you going with any kind of a naming scheme not really. I mean, between Flurry, Crunch, Crunch, and Bandit, I am kind of going with the kind of naming scheme that I think, believably, uh, you know, a 10 to 12 preteen kid would come up with, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I won't be, like, doing anything like having a naming convention of gods or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah I get that. I get that. Okay, I'm just going to kind of, like, spitball some nicknames for this hoot hoot. Um, TikTok. Hickory. Um, Winston. And... Flappers. <laughs> Feel free to disregard any as many of those as you want. Hmm. I think Flappers has... The right amounts of, like, youth to it, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. Flappers Mm -hmm. does seem like a believable thing that a kid would name a bird. Yeah. For your consideration. No, no, it's not even consideration anymore. It's canon now. Oh, okay. Here we go. (laughs) Technically a crossover. Mikey is now nicknaming <laughs> Hoot Hoot as Flappers. I'm sure she'll love it. I don't remember what the noise is for nicknaming Pokemon. And it's like, isn't it like, uh, I think it's much more for finding things. I think it's much more for like uh, victory status, like do 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 do. Okay, okay, gotcha. All right, so we've gone through that because I don't have any more Pokemon. And (laughs) how about this? Would you like to talk a little bit about 
how Mikey and Lem and the third compatriot whose name I don't remember, how did they meet? Well, um, Lem, Kaz, and uh, Mikey. Kaz, okay, gotcha. Yes. They were all contacted by Professor Elm um, to, like, in exchange for, um, you know, help starting joining the Pokemon League, um, just to do a task to get an egg from Mr. Pokemon. Uh, you know, the basic task that you kind of, like, learn about when you first start up, um, a game of Pokemon Gold or Silver. So everybody kind of like met up at the same time. And while everybody had different motivations and reasons why. Mm -hmm. uh, just kind of joined up at first for convenience. And then because like we're kids and trust yeah. mainly people our own age versus adults. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, bonded mm -hmm. together pretty fast. Aw, that's good. The relationships individually uh, kind of vary because as much as the kids are trying to get a good idea of who each other are, it's also been mm -hmm. kind of like us trying to find out who the characters are while we're playing them. Yeah. So it's kind of like a weird dance and it weirdly kind of does feel like high school in that regard. Interesting. Okay. Because, yeah, I could definitely see because at the same time, it's like the the characters that you're playing are not fully formed people themselves. Right, right. And, and also then it's also then that path of discovery, like you said, with the players discovering who their characters are through interactions with others. Right. And it's... Um... It's led to some very good interactions. Um, yeah. Lem is a very good example. Uh, Lem is played by uh, is is played by Sam, and um, Lem uses they them pronouns. Nice. And is a very, um, a very friendly and very positive force, speaking in a very soft voice. Uh, you know, not mm -hmm. rough and tumble at all, just very yeah. kind and caring and kind of a Fluttershy type. Aww. So, um, it's been very nice to have that, that side for, for Mikey to have that kind of like comforting mm -hmm. presence while also on the other hand, Kaz, yes. uh, Kaz Kilroy is a very boisterous girl. Who, nice, nice. Who has a Poochiana named Bitey, um, who uh, is not very well trained. Ooh, okay, okay. Uh, kind of a disaster child. Uh, Kaz kind of has that um, boisterous, char like, charge straight Chaotic. into things. Yes. And I think that also has been very good uh, for interactions with Mikey because this is uh, mm -hmm. somebody who is um, kind of unsure, not confident, who wants to kind of like have that confidence. So uh, they mm -hmm. do kind of like play off of each other a lot uh, okay, with that, okay. you know. I'm, I'm very glad to hear that because it sounds like between between Lem and Mikey and Kaz, that there's a very, a very good dynamic of, you know, the, the reliable one and the, the one who is just kind of trying to maybe, maybe keep the peace and the one who is absolutely willing to go buck wild any chance they get. Yeah, that, that's pretty much all of our dynamics. And it's, it's, um, it's not one that we went with purposely either. It's, Mm -hmm. We all came up with our concepts for characters separately from each other and all oh, that's int good. basically introduced them and found like kind of our space socially between each other, like mm -hmm. while playing. So 
There were a nice. few. Nice. Yeah. So there were a few moments where we kind of like had blank spots while we tried to like figure out where we would fit in inside of a scene. But I think ultimately, like a few episodes in now, you can see how the characters have affected each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good, especially because also because they're so young, too. And as everyone knows, your personality isn't fully formed until you're at least 18. Oh, yeah. Uh, these Which kids... means that they're in like they're in that perfect stage of life to be, you know, like, oh, I see. I see this person acting this way. Maybe I should do that. Oh, yeah, that that's that is up and down a lot of of Mikey. <laughs> It's a lot of just trying to, like, do a little bit to mimic Kaz and then just, like, maybe it works Compensate for that and act like Lem. Yeah. It's a a very fun kind of um, character to play inside of that dynamic. And I think that, like, Mm -hmm. um, Luke does a good job to, like, give us a little bit so we can have um, just good episodes to have like pretty good interactions with each other um Mm -hmm. i don't really know the reception too much about what everybody thinks of it um we don't really like look at metrics or reviews too much yeah uh we're just kind of like doing this for fun good that's the most important reason to do anything right well you know we're having fun we love the story and we have full faith in luke so um it's i feel really lucky to be a part of it and i think mikey just like holds like a pretty good place in my heart because it's just not the character as much as uh the journey i've been with the on the character with you know Mm mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, I'm th- and I'm very glad to hear that, especially because you mentioned earlier that Mikey is a character that you haven't had for, or that you haven't been actively involved with for an especially long amount of time. So I'm really glad to hear that you've already like connected with him as a character. Yeah, I mean, I've I've normally had other characters who I've just kind of like may have had like similar experiences, but this is one where I can just like, um feel like i have more of their voice like not voice voice you know but like more of their um internal understanding just like so separate from mine but like i can see the line the logic the reasoning i i know why this character is like this you know oh yeah yeah i get that so out of curiosity then what would you say is a way in which you and Mikey are alike? I think um, I put a lot in, a lot of my um, inner feelings from when I was around Mikey's age inside of Mikey, but made them much more outwardly expressed and apparent. Um, Mikey is just kind of like that extension of these are the kinds of things that I worried about when I was thinking about fitting in or the kind of person Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. want to be. These are the, these are kind of like the anxieties that I went through, but instead of, you know, just trying to tell that story, um, I can't tell a story the way I lived it because how I lived all of those experiences was, uh, very slowly with a portable CD player and a lot of batteries. (laughs) So I'm doing a lot that I can so I can be able to, like, make those character traits and that kind of journey, like, much more outward and available. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, we see Mikey cry in the first episode. um, And that, you know, definitely does show and, like, off his, like, frustration um, and just, like, a a lot of sadness and doubt. But it's also, like, something I felt like I had internalized myself, but never, like, got the chance to show. And if I want to be able to show mm-hmm. this journey, like, as effectively as I felt, like, not mirroring what I went through, but, like, if I want to be able mm-hmm. to 
show it in a way that can be received by the audience. I made yeah. Mikey just yeah. a little bit more expressive than I went to. So I guess mm-hmm. like I I'm going way long on this um question, but it's hey, it's fine. It's basically just like answering this like Mikey is like me because Mikey experiences a lot of the same um emotional anxieties i did as a preteen but mikey is Mm -hmm. also unlike me because mikey will express these outwardly to (laughs) himself and other people whereas i did not so yeah Uh, as someone who was also not an an especially expressive and emotionally honest preteen good for mikey yeah at least mikey has that going for him (laughs) so out of curiosity has mikey done anything so far that you would like to talk about that is cool wacky wild crazy shenanigan-y uh there is um there is something inside of the current episode that of recording that is out it's okay, the third okay. episode. I can't spoil it, but um, ah. it is such a good moment <laughs> where I feel like when I got to that moment, I felt like I kind of knew a little better what direction I wanted to go with Mikey closer to the end of the journey. Okay, like, okay. I had a good feeling about who Mikey would become in the future. Mm-hmm based on what happens in episode three so okay so i think this means then that all the listeners and i are going to have to go and listen to episode three of the established property established properties yes established property playhouse is it's not (laughs) i'll give luke one thing um the logo art is pretty catch like it's pretty catchy to to look at the the, the <laughs> art on that um saying it it's kind of a jumble of words people know what these words mean together kind of but <laughs> you know i mean dare i mention that this podcast is called the home for wayward ocs <laughs> that's fair <laughs> That's a self-drag. Okay, so is there anything that you wanted to talk about with Mikey that we haven't gotten to yet? Hmm. Not that I can think of. Okay. I mean, if to be completely honest, I kind of went in here without um any real idea. Just like, you know, I know kind of what I want to talk about. I know kind mm-hmm. of what I can be able to respond with, but... Yeah. No, that's okay. No outlines, no problem. I mean, I think it's kind of like how I've found Mikey, too, is just by being in the mm-hmm. moment and being mindful of the character and the space the character is in. Um, I've, uh, I took theater as in, in, in high school as a kid for four oh. years. Um, Janine, I, how how have I known you for so long, and I did not know that you were a theater kid. That you were also a theater kid. Well, um, I mean, I was a theater kid, but I was also chronically the side character. Yeah. I mean, like, I was as tech theater as you can be. I was like as behind the scenes as you can be while still being in theater. I I was same. Uh, I was studying more, like, performances. Uh, I did, like, some directing. Um, okay, okay. I was I was much more about that. And uh, when it came down to, to doing things, I did, like, ad-libs. I did, like... I found that, like, I think I'm reacting, like, a lot more excited this way is because it has a certain amount of improv um that that i've definitely liked uh Mm -hmm. during those tense moments when you're up 
in front of your parents and everybody else's parents. <laughs> and uh, whoever I was dating at the time, who I was able to get to come and sit back back to school at 7 p.m. to see me. Who wants to go to school at oh, yeah. 7 p.m. to see your friend? Who? who? Someone who is a good friend. Yeah. But but anyway, um Yeah. I got up in front of all of those people and, and if I was able to make them laugh with an ad lib thing that I that I know that like I won something. Mm-hmm. So, you know. I don't know. I think Mikey and the circumstances that kind of landed me like around this part just kind of like said it mm-hmm. so that it was perfect for how I wanted to think about, portray, and um, even, like, when I'm listening back to it, um, also, you know, observe a character. And um, I think that that's what kind of really endeared me to the character so fast, is just Mm -hmm. the process of getting to know the character, like... It's an involved process. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's like if you can be given a sandwich, you can like that sandwich. But if you had to make that sandwich, you know, you have it. It feels a little bit better when you eat it. You know. Oh yeah, definitely. I totally get that. Mikey is a sandwich, is what I'm saying. <laughs> So with that in mind, then, I guess your last question for today is, why do you love your sandwich, I mean, Mikey, so much? (laughs) I love Mikey because Mikey is uh, an honest celebration of just the the unconfident, um, uncoordinated awkwardness of being a preteen kid. Aww. And yeah, gotta highlight those weird points. You gotta highlight just those strangenesses that that, that you just like get so fond over when you look back at it like from the appropriate Mm -hmm. distance of 20 years. (laughs) Or more. Or more. No, I totally get that. That's good. That's very good. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Janine, to talk about Mikey. I I really appreciated getting to hear about everything going on with this with this enthusiastic, inexperienced Pokemon trainer child. Oh, thank you for having me. I don't get enough opportunity to gush about this strange sandwich baby I made. <laughs> Well, that is literally what we are here for. And I'm doing the jazz hands again. Jazz hands return. Okay. <laughs> the jazz hands make their make their their triumphant return to the podcast. A podcast has to be bookmarked between two jazz hands. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so. Now is the part of the episode where you get to promote yourself. So where would you like to be found on the internet? What do you have that you want to shout out? Well, you could be able to find me on Established Property Playhouse. That really? is Um Yeah, that's on Twitter as ESTPRO Playhouse. It Okay, okay. It's kind of You'll find it. You could also find it by finding me personally on Twitter at Janine Juliet. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also where you could be able to, from there, inside of my bio, find a link to where I, you could you could find another thing about me. I am also the host of My Favorite Pokemon, a Pokemon podcast where I sit down with my co-host, my partner Locke, to talk to a cool trainer about their favorite Pokemon. And I did talk to you. Yes, can confirm. It's a very good podcast to both be on and to listen to. Definitely check out the episode with Christina and Poplio if you want to hear about a cute water puppy. Aw, shucks. And then, um, I guess, yeah, you could be able to find 
be that one on Twitter at my favorite Pokemon that is favorite spelled without the U because we are American and that is Pokemon spelled <laughs> P K M as in Mary M N as in Nancy. And then it's back to you. Because I can't think of anything. I think I said everything. Probably more than I should <laughs> when I'm promoting myself. But I haven't no, okay. no gotten sweat. to in a while. So I'm just kind of, yeah. No, I totally get that. Anyway, now for me to do my own script for the end of my show. <laughs> the Home for Rabbitos is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. It can be found through Acast or your local podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is Violet by Paddington Bear, courtesy of the Free Music Archives. New episodes are, they come out two times a month. Y'all know when when they come out, second and fourth Mondays, whatever, it's fine. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, we can be found on Twitter at WaywardOCPod or through the WaywardOCPod hashtag. And you can also email us at WaywardOCPod at gmail.com. If you are interested in being on the show... Feel free to send me a message through the Wayward Twitter account or the Wayward email, or you can use the link in the pinned tweet, which is which takes you to a Google form that lets you fill out, you know, stuff about you and your character and everything. And I do have a couple of guests lined up for the next coming months, but if you are interested in being on the show, please, please, please go through and Get your OC in there so that way then we can hopefully set up a recording time. Uh, and of course, it's time for the second, much shorter than it has been, current events blast. <laughs> um, so this time, everyone, your reminders are number one, wash your hands and wear a mask if you haven't already. Hopefully you are continuing to wear a mask and wash your hands, especially because um we are entering cold and flu season and people are just going to be coughing a lot in general so please wear your mask as much as you can because it does help also go get your flu shot because at least the northern hemisphere is entering a uh, winter season right now which also means flu season so get your shot it helps vaccines are good so number four is please continue to support marginalized people in your area um Please continue to support the civil rights movement that we find ourselves in. Please continue to support organizations in your area that help marginalized people, that help BIPOC people, that hope, not hope, that help people who are unhoused, people who are, people who are victims of crimes and things. Support people by supporting your local bail fund and just please continue to be kind to each other. It's, I was talking today with my aunt and we compared it to the fact that now we are, cur we are now on a road that is hilly and maybe a little bit rocky, but it's better than the road that we were on before, which was hilly and rocky and had potholes and trash fires and poisonous turtles. So anyway, please continue to be kind to each other. I know y'all are doing that anyway, so thank you. Keep up the good work. And also, keep up the good work by rating and reviewing us on your podcasting platform of choice, especially if you can write us a review, because that makes me just very happy to see people writing reviews about my podcasts. It makes it, it makes my day, and also then that helps to bring this podcast to more people, so it can brighten their days as well. So, thank you all for listening. This has been the Humphrey Vidocies, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. Hey, Janine, it's fine. It's 2020. Oh, you know, even saying that feels different now. <laughs> That's very true. It's much more positive when we say it today, as opposed to if we had said it yesterday. Right. Or last Friday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's 2020, everybody. Why not? Exactly. Best idea of a podcast of all time. 
This is Champs in the Making. Where we have made a bracket of every Pokemon that has ever existed and are putting them up in battles head-to-head. One-on-ones to scientifically find out the best Pokemon. Every two weeks, we gather up an assortment of hosts from the Orange Groves. And cut a bloody path through the Pokedex. Come listen to me defend the rights of crustacean-based Pokemon. Olga is a perfect little baby, and I will not stand for anything else. Deciduize the best fucking Pokemon because he looks like Robin Hood. Shout some about why your favorite Pokemon is the best. Put them forward and insult Ambipom every two weeks, only on the Orange Groves. Uh, Puchina is the best, and my friends already knocked Mydiana out, which I'm sad about. So now we're truly just living on the edge.